the name of the kid. Famous Swell. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in. Coast to coast. Edutaining the masses. Sports entertainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back. Enjoy the show. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Nick Nurse coming up here in a few seconds on Tim and Sid. So Donovan Bennett in for Tim McAuliffe. We got Brooklyn, Golden State to lead it off tonight. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant against his former friends. The nightcap. Lakers, Clippers. Two behemoths of the game. Two of the bigger names in basketball. Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka head to head. They finally lock horns. I don't care if this schedule's in the bubble. I don't care if this schedule is on Mars. I don't care if it's on Jupiter. I, I will be locked in regardless of where they're playing these games, regardless of the time. This is the opening night you need. This is the opening night we all deserve. By the way, Lakers Clippers on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1 tonight. I can't be more excited, Donovan. And I rarely get excited. I try and suck the love out of everything. But I am genuinely very excited about this. How ready are you for night one of this NBA season, friend? And thanks for doing this today. Basketball is back. Like, mm. I'm going to be able to check my Sportsnet app for the scores, check my favorite fantasy app to see how I'm doing in your pool. Uh, basketball is back. It, it is the early Christmas gift that I didn't know I needed until it's here, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm all in. It's, I'm, I'm looking ahead at the schedule, not just tonight. Uh, you got Raptors, Pelicans tomorrow. Again, Nick Nurse is joining us here in a couple seconds. But I noticed Christmas Day. Christmas Day is going to be unique. Christmas Day is the first day in a while where we're going to have hockey if the World Juniors is in one piece. And I'm hoping it is. If the World Juniors is in one piece, you're going to have hockey, your full NBA slate, which I'm going to be honest with you, is going to be tough to pull me away from. Then you got Viking Saints, I believe, at 4.30, which is not a nothing game for the Saints, obviously. Vikings are a joke. We all know it. Just ask a Rashman Danny. But Christmas Day, that schedule is going to feel... It's going to be weird because I'm not going to be around family. But to have that schedule there, that's a little bit of normalcy I need. And nights like tonight is the little bit of normalcy I need. I genuinely... There's been... Two things I've seen on television that are going to make me feel normal again. Watching vaccines shipped out and going into people's arms is one thing. And the second are schedules like tonight and tomorrow and Christmas Day and Boxing Day. It's for, if you're a sports fan, it's going to feel kind of normal, as, as, however you quote-unquote define normal in 2020. Oh, if you're a drama fan, which I am, it's going to feel kind of normal because the best part of the NBA's no disrespect to the games or the free agency. It's NBA Twitter. Like, it's the best part. <laughs> and and I, I'm very excited, whether it's the league fits or Kyrie saging an arena for some reason. I'm looking forward to see what NBA Twitter, which hasn't had anything to talk about since the bubble, uh, does uh, for this, as I say, early Christmas gift. I'm, I'm all in. Look, if, if Kyrie and Kevin Durant can keep the focus on basketball... And we'll get, a, we'll get a little hint in that early game tonight. If they can just make it about the NBA and their relationship and, and, and having some give and take, because they're type A personalities, obviously, for good reason. They both have rings. 
If they can make it about that, I mean, that's a team that wins the East. Would you not agree? I, I would not agree, no. Really? Well, I so mean, if, they're, the, if they're on point, who would be better? Because their supporting cast is not bad at all in Brooklyn. I like a lot of those guys in those specific roles with those two, Kyrie and Durant, in the starting roles. So who do you think is better? Do you like them in those roles, though, or do you just like them? Okay, well, I mean, one, you said if they could stick to basketball. Yeah. Only one of them uh, has played any sort of defense while playing basketball, and that would be Kevin Durant. And he's really the only plus defender uh, in that lineup. Maybe Allen, depending on how much he plays, DeAndre Jordan like five years ago. So that's one. And their coach uh, and their coaching staff is not necessarily um, known to be defensive masterminds. So, so there's that. Plus, the, the guys I think you're referring to, like a Karis Levert or a Spencer Dinwiddie, those guys, nice players who have done it with the ball in their hands. They're not going to see a lot of ball in their hands. They're going to be standing That's in the right. corner. Uh, and, and so are they as nice? Like maybe Landry Shaman is a nice compliment. But no, I'm, I'm, the, the hype for the Nets, to me, is is way too big and way too early. And that's not even really? talking about the health issues that both of those guys have had throughout their careers. Um, and and ha- they've had recently. Neither was playing basketball at the end of the last season because they both were hurt. So so yeah, no, I, I'm I'm not all in on the on the Nets just yet. Um, back to the Lakers, and again, it's the back end of the doubleheader. You can see it on Sportsnet and Sportsnet One tonight. Lakers and Clippers. I was searching everywhere today trying to figure out what the timing of, of the banner raising and all of that stuff. I couldn't find it because there will be no banner raising tonight. I don't know if you're aware of this, Deej. They're, the Lakers have decided they are going to wait to raise their 17th championship in franchise history until the fans at some level are allowed back into Staples, are allowed back into the building, are allowed to be a part of a party that they also weren't allowed to be a part in while everyone was in the bubble. Apparently, championship rings will be handed out tonight. Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, is going to be in the building. Um, they're going to, you're going to have some of the pomp and circumstance, but in terms of the banner going up that says 2019-2020 champions, LA Lakers, you're not going to see it. Do you agree with the decision to wait until the fans come back in the building to raise said banner? It was the only decision, was it not? Like, I mean, it, it seems when you're explaining it. They celebrated and won without fans. What's raising a banner without fans? Like, I could, well, I, could, I could make the argument the other way. I could see you, it. You're raising the banner for the fans. It, it, you can't raise a banner and then have, like, a huge screen with a bunch of people on Zoom, like, watching and sharing. Like, that's not the same thing. You're giving a speech. You're thanking the fans. There's nobody there. It doesn't really hit. It doesn't really hit home when you're just talking to the TV audience. What will be somewhat awkward is if we don't have fans in the stands this season at all. You're doing it next year? I mean, unless you're the back-to-back defending champ, that's awkward. Hey, remember like more than 365 days ago when we were really good? We want to celebrate that now with you. Like that doesn't really uh, get me too excited. But no, you you can't. It will be interesting to see what, what the Lightning do. Um, but but no, I I don't think probably the same thing. Would you would you not expect the Tampa Bay Lightning to do the same thing? Would you uh, well, not I don't expect know the, the L A the L A Dodgers. The I mean, Bay Lightning hopefully the Dodgers have fans. By we'll then, have but. we'll have fans, right? I mean, the rules in, in Florida are somewhat different than the rules. But, the, but in it won't be a full. Right but it won't be a full house. You know what I'm saying? Like I think the Lakers are thinking full house to raise that banner. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are thinking full house to raise the banner. Hold that thought, Deej. 
because I like where the conversation is headed. Nick Nurse, head coach of the Raptors, joining us here on Tim and Sid. Nick, always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, 26th regular season opener for the franchise is tomorrow. It will be far from regular. Um, how is that going to feel, Nick, uh, starting a Raptor season not in Raptors Nation for you? Not that cool. <laughs> not that cool. Thanks for having me on, but um, it's where we are. Like, what a what an adventurous uh, third season uh, to start here as a home game down in Tampa, Florida. Who would have ever imagined that? So, Nick, you know, as a coach, once you show me something, that's the standard. So, this is year three for you. Year one championship. Year two, coach of the year. What what are you coming with now? Nick, this is this, how do you top what you've previously really? That's done? the question. That's the Nick Nurse question you're coming with it, now. What else you got? That's the yeah, question. Pretty really? much. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know. I just want to keep winning. I don't really, care. I don't really care about the coach of the year award or, or any of that stuff. I just want to. I want to keep winning and be relevant and be a team that has a chance, man. I think you got to be in the half dozen or so teams at the end that have a shot at it. And I think the first two years we were, obviously one year we got it done. And last year we were close. We could, we could have very easily been in the finals again last year. I just want to keep winning and be relevant to that conversation. Nick nurse head coach of the Toronto Raptors. I get going tomorrow night against the Pelicans here on Tim and Sid. Um, all right, Nick, I want to talk about OG here. He gets the contract yesterday. 72 mil and he was speaking to the media earlier today and he was asked about where his game is at uh, offensively and og said quote i definitely think i'm capable of more than i have shown end quote how closely tied coach is the future of this team both not only this season but going forward to where og can take his game offensively do you think well, I think I agree with him. I think um, a lot a lot of these things uh, go hand in hand with opportunity, right? I think that um, his opportunity uh, continues to increase. I think it should be uh, it should increase a lot this year. You know, we've lost a couple more pieces of guys that are, were key to the team that you know that did have some usage, and that's got to be spread somewhere. And I kind of like. I kind of like what Kyle and Pascal are at in terms of usage, and OG needs to increase his a little bit, and I think that's always a big factor. And he's, he is, he's right. He's getting better. You know, he's, his ball handling's better. His starting and ending drives is better. His finishes around the basket are becoming more varied. Um, yeah, it'll take a little time. He's awful young still. I think, I think his future is very, very bright, very bright. The team last year was second in defensive efficiency. You guys got a lot of stops, got out and run 14th in offensive efficiency. Other than the fast break in the half court, what can you do this year to unlock someone like OG to give you a little bit more offense in the half court? Well, we got to find a little more space for him, right? We got to find some chances for him to, to, you know, drive the basketball into some open areas. I think that that uh, that's the first thing. Um, We've got to be a little bit more dynamic with our cutting and ball movement than we were last year in the half court. I mean, we were we were great, you know, as you, as you mentioned in the transition. You know, I, I always say if we're going to play all that defense, we better get something out of it at the other end, and we did. You know, number two defense, a lot of transition buckets. 
I, I hope that that's still the case. Um, just a little more fluidity and ball movement, a little better spacing on offense should help everybody, including OG. Raptors head coach Nick Nurse here on Tim and Sid. How would you describe Pascal's preseason, Nick? Well, he's working, right? He's working. I think that there's you know no secret to to um, the questions he's gotten about his game, you know, uh, pre and post bubble. I think he's acknowledged that. I think he's taken it head on. I I I see a more of a smile on his face. I see more energy at at practice, pre and post practice, in practice, uh, et cetera. I don't I don't think we're maybe gonna you know snap our fingers and see him right back to pre March 11th tomorrow night. But I think we're getting closer to that person. Yeah. You know, everyone is adjusting to when the season is starting, but also the condensed number of games. You have Kyle, who starts the season as 34 and obviously always wants to be on the floor. He was fourth in minutes a year ago. How do you manage what was a long season, a short off season, and making sure that someone like Kyle and the team is fresh down the stretch? Well, I think I think at this stage, um, you know, you got to feel it out a little bit. I, I think that you know this year in totality, these you know he had about six months off. You know, four four with the break and two with the since the end of the season. So that's like a little more than normal uh, in reality. So he's got to kind of gauge where he's at early here, work him in. He's in tremendous shape. You know, I mean, as as for a preseason training camp shape. Um, tremendous, like better than maybe I've ever seen. So um, I try to, I got to try to manage it a little bit here early. But I would say here, you know, six or eight games are going to be some high minute games for him. Yep. Nick Nurse here on Tim and Sid. Um, what what has it been like being back in the arenas? Because I mean, as a consumer at home, Nick, it's felt way more normal for obvious reasons. But how how much more normalcy? as normal as it can be for a Toronto team to be in Tampa. How much more normal has it been for you? Well, Charlotte felt okay, right? When we went to Charlotte for a couple of preseason games, I think I was expecting it to be this, you know, uh, big, you know, way too big, no fans, really di- different atmosphere. I didn't really sense that. I thought it felt okay, you know. Didn't really sense that the crowd wasn't there and we were in a big empty arena. Uh, the first game in Tampa was a little different feeling. You know, they hadn't, you know, like it was a little loud, you know, like the music was too loud and they they had a lot of like first game kinks. There was no video replay. The stats weren't there. I mean, <laughs> it was all kinds of stuff going on for a first basketball game there that, that I think I was more, uh, I was getting flustered more by that stuff than I was the lack of fans or, or whatever. But I, as, as, as always, it uh, felt a lot like a minor league game to me the other night. Like typical when I was coaching the Iowa Energy, that's about we get about thirty five hundred, four thousand fans, and they're scattered all over a big arena. They're there, but you can't really tell they're there. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. I mean, and I, I appreciate how weird it, it has been. The first, what was the first game in Tampa, and will probably be tomorrow night. But your resume is—I mean, we all know your resume and where you've been and how many types of regular season openers you've had. Tomorrow night can't be the strangest one you've ever experienced. Like, is, does one come to mind oh, no that way. clearly will trump no what way. happens tomorrow? 
Oh man, my first game as player coach for I was I was playing in Derby, England. I was a player and I was a head coach. I was young. I was about 22 years old. Uh, we were played down in London in this little rec center against the London Docklands. It was the name of the team. And the, the uh, PA announcer was coming out to announce the starting lineups. And uh, he, the mic wasn't working. And he was kind of hitting the top of the mic and still no sound. So he just set it down on the floor and put his hands up to his mouth and shouted out the starting lineups. <laughs> So I elbowed, I elbowed my other my other American player. I said, "Man, we've really hit the big time here, haven't we?" So, there you go. <laughs> they brought up the 1905 sound system at that point, right? Just, just how, just that's it. Just, that's it. Yep. Yeah, just town crier, and starting at guard for Nick Nurse and company. Right. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. Go ahead, Nick Nurse with us. Go ahead, DJ. What accent was that, by the way? I'm tr- I'm t- he said Darby. I'm trying to do, forgive me. It wasn't a great impression. Let's move good. past it as a group. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I tried. Go ahead. Um, but, 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 but seriously, though, because this is a, an adjustment period for everyone in all facets of life. Uh, but, but do you think back to some of those moments along the road, some of them that you've obviously documented in, in your personal you know, story, uh, when you're, you're, you're thinking about the opportunity that you have in front of you? Yeah, I, I do really. I mean, it's just kind of like another adventure along this uh, kind of wild path that I've ended up on and coaching, you know, all over the place. And it seems kind of fitting, really. And I, and again, it's like um, I don't know. I think it helps uh, the training that I've had over all the years. It helps me get to the game tomorrow night. And, you know, there's there's a, there's some I got some players. I got to figure out who's healthy and who can go and get them out there and try to get them to play their best and. And there's an opponent that you got a game plan for, and and uh, once it goes up, you start making the adjustments. And and um, yeah, I think I think it's I think it does help. I hope it helps anyway. Hope it helps. Yeah. Nick Nurse, head coach of the Raptors, here on Tim and Sid again. The 26th season in Raptors history gets going tomorrow night. Raptors in Tampa Bay taking on the Pelicans. That never becomes normal to say. Every time I say it, it's kind of strange. Um, I, I don't know when you're going to turn it in tonight. Nick and get ready for tomorrow and, and shoot around, but I, I know a lot of Raptor fans are going to take in Clippers Lakers. Uh, a, how much of that are you going to watch? And B, how strange will it be to see Mark and Serge in different unis, considering what they will eternally mean to you and your career? Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly going to watch. Uh, I'll probably make it to the first half. To the first half, I'll probably be just to see those guys more than anything. Uh, kind of see what the Clippers look like under under T. Lou in their first time out as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I hope those guys do well. I, I certainly miss them. They're, as, as you just said, they're they're kind of entrenched with a stamp of of champ, right? And yeah, and it's, it's just you can't. There's nothing you you can't take that away. And it's always special, man. I, I every time I think of them, I think fondly of them. So. Um, you know, it'll be a little, a little different, and probably a little bit sad, to be honest with you. See him, see him playing with the with the other guys, uh, wearing different jerseys anyway tonight. We're running. I know you can't see it on the TV side here on Sportsnet. We just ran the still of of the preseason shot where Kawhi, Mark, and Serge all congregated uh, in a physical sense during one of the preseason games. And I, you, I mean, you, the word you use, weird. I, I, there's not a better word to describe what we're looking at here, just in terms of knowing what the history is. So, I mean, 
I'm, I'm with you. They're going to be fine. You know, and that, and that rivalry is, is, is as hot as ever, but um, I can't get them out of a Raptors jersey for some reason. <laughs> I just can't mentally do it, you know? I hear you. I hear you. And I, and I um, you know, too often than not when you're, especially this time of year, you know, when you're pulling clips about, you know, what, what, what New Orleans does and you see some of your games from last year or you're pulling clips from Dan Van Gundy and you see them, you know, again, whatever it is, it, you know, you see them probably a little more, uh, keeps, keeps it fresh in your mind and makes you miss them. You're right. Makes you Absolutely. Miss um, Nick, before we let you go, I know uh, golf is also near and dear to your heart. Is it weird to ask you how many majors an 11-year-old is going to win one day? Uh, but if you don't think it's weird, <laughs> will Charlie Woods, how many majors do you think Charlie Woods will one day win after what we saw in Orlando over the weekend? Oh, man. I think it's really hard to be really great. So how about three? I'm going to go with a low number three. How about that? I thought you were going to shut me down based on that opening salvo and you throw three out there. Nope. I love it. Nope. I love that. I'll throw three. <laughs> I'm I honestly like you're a better golfer than than the two of us combined by country mile, but I'm I'm looking at some of those approaches from Charlie and I'm like I don't think I've ever hit a golf ball that well in my entire life. It was very humbling. It's extremely humbling. <laughs> really something. Got a, got a pretty good swing, right? Got no a doubt. pretty good swing. No doubt. Good genes, I guess. Good genes. <laughs> good genes. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Nick, a lot of people up here can't wait to see you again, uh, physically. Uh until then. All the best. We'll be watching, and uh, and take care, and best of luck, brother. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Let's go. Can't wait to get back up there, though. Thanks a lot. Here, here. Thank yes, you, Nick. Sir. All the best. There's uh, Nick Nurse, head coach of the Toronto Raptors, again tomorrow night in Tampa. Game one uh, of hopefully won't be a full 26 home games in Tampa, if I got my math right, and sometimes I don't on this show. But game one of 26 at home will be in Tampa tomorrow again the, against the Pelicans. Um, are, where are you with the story, Deej? Are you, are you, like, how, much of you, how much of you allows yourself to focus on the competitive nature of what the Raptors now face with the roster turnover and whatnot? And how much of you just can't get past how weird this all is and you kind of stay in that spot? Like, how will you watch that Raptor game tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, I'll be certainly happy that they're back and that, that they're playing again. And, you know, so last year there was a honeymoon effect, right? You win the championship ring night, banner, and, and it really, the season was almost secondary because people still didn't come off that high. And I feel like in a weird way, now we're almost in this purgatory where some of those favorite, you know, sons that helped win the championship are gone. You're hoping maybe... Some of them might come back, or you might get some new ones a year from now in free agency with the cap space. So it, it is weird to almost engage with this team because they're in a, a bit of a holding pattern. But I made the mistake, and Raptors Twitter certainly let me know, of, of saying, yeah, you know what, they're going to be third, fourth in the East, and that'll be an accomplishment. And I, they went out and were on pace to win more games than they ha ever had in a regular season. And so just far be it for me to be surprised if they do something really special again but yeah it, it, it is a bit almost odd seeing some of the guys you love play for other teams How yeah we'll see a bit of, uh exactly the same it'll be weird to watch tonight uh surgeon and, and mark uh, in earnest it'll be weird to see them tip off in tampa i almost wish there were no fans like it's one thing to take the team because you have to down to tampa i think there's a minor kick to the teeth that uh 
that uh, Dave and, and Renee from uh, Fort Lauderdale can drive in. You know what I mean? And like just taking a basketball game with so much when when Jurassic Park's empty. I just I that, I I don't I get why they're doing it. Money's always nice, but uh, I, I that part of it has not set well with me this entire. Never mind the safety issues of it, on sure. like on its own at face value. Uh, but I I'm gonna it's gonna be a weird feel. It's gonna take a lot for me to forget they're in Tampa. If that makes oh, any sense. Oh, for sure. Listen, Dave and Renee might be snowbirds, though. They might be Canadians. Could, yeah, there's a ton of down snowbirds down there. Yeah, who who snow. just want to support we the North. So don't, yes. don't sleep on Dave or Renee. We the frankly. South. No, I'm not sleeping on them either. We're going to take a break. Coming up, the best NBA opening night hype video oh. in existence. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll hear from James Harden and let you know how that's deteriorating quickly in Houston. And Kawhi Leonard, who says nothing... Talked about his contract yesterday pretty openly and freely. Um, we'll let you hear that next. This is Donovan Bennett. I'm Sid. Tim and Sid, live on TV and radio. DJ, I saw a tweet before the show. Somebody tweeted into at Tim and Sid and asked me a question I've never gotten before. He asked, hey, guys, are you going to update any hockey today during the show if so, let me know, because then I'll tape it. So I have to tell this person that we're going to do hockey on Tim and Sid for them to tape it. I didn't respond. I had anything else better to do. I'm not going to do that. But, like, hey, guys, just whatever you're doing, stop it. Just let me – give me a shout. Um, first off, always tape, tape Tim and Sid. Always – or watch it live if you can or listen to it live if you can. But don't ask me dumb questions. I'm not going to answer them. But if that person is taping the show, guess what? You're in luck. We got news. Chris Johnson of Sportsnet tweets. He tweets, more NHL schedule rumblings. A Toronto-Montreal meeting is part of the January 13th opening night. Donovan, is there anything less surprising than putting Leafs-Habs on opening night on the schedule? Is, and like, is, is that the least shocking part of 2020 that someone decided, you know what? I got an idea. Hear me out. Leafs-Habs opening night. Is there anything least surprising? Um, yeah, I mean, waiting for the news that we've got an all Alberta matchup to follow it, but but no, <laughs> that's probably gonna. I guarantee you, that's how it's gonna play out. Because why else would you do anything different? Uh, Chris Johnson of Sportsnet. By the way, shout out uh, the new hockey promo was out today. It's oh, pretty good. I'm glad you mentioned it. It's and on. The, but the, it's on. But the what was really on yesterday were the stills that the talent were sending out on their own. Just one great profile shot after another. Dangles was great. Uh, Chris Johnson sent this one out as well. During the 2021 season, the identity of any player who has a confirmed positive COVID test will be announced publicly. I repeat, will be announced publicly. That does not apply during training camp when only total numbers league-wide will be disclosed. So it won't be any different than what baseball has done or what um, the National Football League has done. They've let you know kind of who, who goes on the COVID list. So it's kind of either they've been exposed or there's a positive. There's no secret between the two. So anyway, so I wanted to get that one out there because it's going to be a story, certainly, as we go along this NHL season. The NBA starts tonight. And one of the stories in this NBA preseason that has moved along, kind of, has been James Harden. James Harden did not show up on time for Houston training camp. He went to Vegas to work with his trainers. Um, and clearly he wants out. Any reputable NBA person has reported James Harden wants out of Houston. We are hours away now. We're, we're less than two hours away, Donovan Bennett, 
from the NBA season starting, James Harden is still a member of the Houston Rockets. When someone reminded him of that fact during his media availability yesterday, he didn't take kindly to it. Roll it. James, now that you've been in camp for about a week, do you feel any better about this situation now than you did before you arrived? Next question. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting chilly in here, Donovan. It's getting chilly in here. So uh, before I get DJ's take here, I'm really interested in it. The update from today is uh, from Sham Sharani and The Athletic. Yes. Uh, pr- pra- practices with the Houston Rockets right now are getting a little volatile, and clearly James Harden is taking a few chapters out of the Jimmy Butler book on how to leave town in order to try and leave town. He's, it, the practices have not been going well. There's been yapping back and forth, and apparently it escalated to the point where, reportedly, James Harden chucked a basketball at the head of one of the rookies. It didn't connect, but it happened, and it leaked its way to the athletic. Um, where, where do you stand on this right now? Um, Donovan, because like the I think the Jimmy Butler gets so angry they have to trade you story is a shooting it's a Haley's Comet story that comes around once in a while, but I don't think that's the real way to get dealt. Do you think this is going to work for James Hart? No, quite frankly, um, it's not. It's 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 not helping. It's certainly hurting because you can only do two things. It's pretty binary in terms of your trade value. And and I said this in our league roundup on uh, Sportsnet.ca where a bunch of the writers wrote our predictions, which are probably all going to be wrong. But I said I don't think actually James Harden gets traded this year. Uh, not before the this, deadline. Not at whoa, all. Whoa, whoa. This, the whole season? The whole Ooh, 72? Correct. Yeah. Listen, wow. Number one. You need a lot of money to match that salary because he's being paid a lot. And the fact that he's being paid so much is going to give me pause if I want to bring in someone into my organization that's throwing balls at people, that is sabotaging the new coach, that is when training camp is starting in multiple cities known best for their late-night establishments. So, so why, why am I bringing that? I'm sorry. Wait. Uh, just uh, brain freeze. How many championships has he won? Zero. Uh, how many defensive stops does he get in the clutch? It's the same number. So, I don't think he's as bad defensively as his reputation. The point is, he's, many people. The point believe. is, he's not uh, that go good. No. It, 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 he's not. This is an unfair game where you you are all star. You say, hey, I want the max. That's what I'm worth. You're going to pay it. But all maxes are not created equal. He, let's be clear. He's not LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard, or even Anthony Davis, or Steph Curry. So in terms of setting a culture, he doesn't do that. And in terms of being a two-way player, he doesn't do that. So to me, his, his value to start wasn't as high as maybe some would thought. And now he's actively hurting it. I, I don't know how this ends, but it, it, it's not going to end anytime soon the way it's going. I, I, the, the logic, I think, for, for most people would be you got to shed yourself with this guy. But what's the marketability with stories like that coming out? That's the problem. If he would have just kept it low-key, I would have preferred him not even speak to the media. He'd get dinged on fines to see what happened to Kyrie Irving. Yep. But I would almost prefer, if I'm Houston and the new GM, Raphael Stone, if that is indeed his real name, I, would, I, I don't want any of this stuff out. You're killing the value. Never mind the fact you're trying to trade a player who did turn down $50 million a year. That happened. That's a thing that took place. So never mind whoever you're going to trade him to, to keep him long-term, that ticket is going to have to be enormous. 
But this other stuff is noise you don't need, man. Camps are over. I got news for James Harden and any NBA or who wants to pull this in the next two months. People don't have patience for this stuff right now, man. This is not 2017, okay? There are real problems on earth, and people don't want to hear about the guy who turned down 50 million who's throwing basketballs at rookies who can't defend themselves. That's a bad look. You don't look like a leader. You look like a jackass. And you think you think someone's giving you Ben Simmons for him now? And I know he's won MVPs, and I know he's won scoring titles. This is not who we're talking about right now. This is a different player who has never won a title, and if your goal is to win a title, these stories don't add up, never mind the cost. He is screwing himself with this other garbage, and it has to stop. The not showing up on time, the... the Little baby or the baby? Which who was he hanging out with? Little baby or the baby? Which baby was he hanging out with? Little baby. The little baby stuff, the Vegas stuff, that's all crap you don't need right now. And I guarantee you the appetite of other franchises maybe was there three years ago to overlook that stuff. But he's been living in this false reality where Daryl Morey, let's be honest, it wasn't just Fertitta the owner, it was Daryl Morey, it was Mike D'Antoni, everyone let this guy do whatever he wanted. And you created this bearded monster who's trying to decapitate rookies in practice, reportedly. He's not going to get dealt. The prices are going to be there. It's not going to be worth it. And he's killing his value with every one of the... you think is going to happen, Deej? I hope his ass stays in Houston. It's a sulk fest. And maybe he can, maybe he can enjoy playing with John Wall. Okay, maybe. So two, two questions. One, why when I said... The same thing that you just said, you reacted like I said something crazy. And then you just went on to say exactly what I said. That's No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I hope he stays the whole year just to just because this this wheel has to be broken on superstars just getting everything they want. Oh, so you want this to be an example for the rest of the league? Bingo. I think he's gone. They, they play. Who's Houston got? Houston has OKC tomorrow night. He might be when you and I sit here tomorrow night. Flashback cut this for tomorrow's show. In in three, two, one. Donovan, you know what I think? What's I think by the time, thank you for interjecting. I think by the time you and I sit here for Wednesday show, because it's Tuesday right now, 5.39 p.m. Eastern. I think if you and I sit down here tomorrow, James Harden's already been dealt. I think he's got, I think, I think he will be dealt. I hope he's not dealt. I hope he's taught a lesson. But NBA history says he's going to get his way. I don't, I don't agree with it, but he's going to get his way. You you just spent like two minutes talking about the fact that he's he can't get down now now he and, can can we just make can, can we make a, a, a bet on that can I ask you a real question though yeah, uh, sure. you you said he hasn't won a title he hasn't even been to a finals never mind he came close hold on he came damn close I, I okay. I'll give him that he was a okay. Chris Paul injury away from getting to a final he came Great. very I, very close I came close to getting into an Ivy League school did I go to Princeton no. Like what? What are we doing? Playing horseshoes? Close doesn't count. He he was in the MVP conversation, top three, four years in a row. His scoring numbers are prolific historically. Would you move him right now at his number and his age in a deal for Pascal Siakam? No. It, but you didn't even really think about it. That's a, that, to me. That's a point. Yeah, is I'm that his level of talent and his, the level of tolerability? I would have to take him. Those things don't mix, and and it's because of him being more interested in in giving rappers honey buns 
than making his rookies better. I, I have not run into five people who either really follow the team or don't follow the team who thinks the Raptors should do that. And there's a lot of, I don't know if, I don't know if you're aware, Deej, Twitter has some opinions. Yes, they do. Twitter has some people on there with some takes. We all get it. At times, I'm one of them. I have never seen a more common thread with the Raptors than the thought of there's no way Masai Ujiri should do that. And as you said, that tells you everything. I think it's a terrific point. It speaks for itself. Although he might get traded between now and tomorrow, we'll have a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> right. we'll when, he, when he gets traded to the Raptors, we'll replay all of this. I just like the business person inside me says you have to deal his ass before the opener against OKC tomorrow. Like you have to. What it has business? to get done. What business? You, How's he impacting business? They're not selling any tickets to anybody. He, so no one can even come and boo him. He's trying to make rookies and practice the headless horseman. What do you mean, what business? You have to protect your other players, man. I kind of feel for John Wall. I've never said that in my life. I kind of feel for John Wall here a little bit. Anyway. DeMarcus uh, Cousins looking around thinking, you thought <laughs> I was a bad guy? Are you kidding me? DeMarcus Cousins is like, man, I thought I had a bad two years ago. This is just weird now. Uh, we're going to take a break. Again, a hype video that we dust off about this time every year. Not normally. Normally the season starts earlier, but we dust it off on NBA opening night, and it's a lot of fun. And we also have sound from Kawhi. I don't think we had good sound from Kawhi in all of 2018, 2019, but we have some good sound from Kawhi. Kimmel was good sound. Kimmel was decent sound, yeah. But uh, this, this is interesting next. Donovan Bennett here filling in for Tim. This is Tim and Sid live on TV and radio. Thanks for watching and listening. Welcome back. Uh, quick correction. James Harden has been to an NBA Finals, DJ. I make the same mistake all the time. 2012 oh, was yes. a long time ago. 2012 OKC. Serge Ibaka, James Harden, Fair Russell enough. Westbrook, Kevin Durant. He wasn't the man on that team, but uh, I, I just want to correct the record. Uh, Frankie at Tim and Sid. I thought you guys were off air this week. Friday being a holiday show and all. Very confusing. Here's the deal. Uh, Donovan and I will be here today and tomorrow. Tim McCallum's got a best of Tim and Sid on Christmas Eve. No show on Friday. And then I'll be back uh, next week again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Timmy will not be here again. I believe we have another best of New Year's Eve. So that's the schedule coming up for those interested in that. Chris Johnson, quick hockey note, uh, Donovan. Uh, Chris Johnson writes, one notable protocol change for the summer return to play. NHL coaches must now wear face coverings on the bench during games. So you will have to just assume they're going, come on, boys, come on, boys, let's go, let's go, let's go, pucks in deep. You'll have to assume that's happening. You cannot hear, the, read their lips at all. And also, um, uh, an interesting note here on Norman Powell, again, the Raptors season opener tomorrow against the Pelicans. Norman Powell health protocols listed as questionable for Wednesday. That's all we got on Norman Powell. Again, that Raptors bench stage is, uh, is going to look a little different this year. There's some new responsibility. Uh, DeAndre Bembry is, is a guy who's kind of really shone during the preseason. Chris Boucher is going to be expected to do a lot coming off that bench. So uh, if Norm doesn't play here, how concerned are you? Before we get to the John Tesh, and I can't believe I, I phrased it that way, but yes, John Tesh is coming up. How concerned are you if Norm can't go tomorrow? Uh, real concern, especially because, you know, Patrick McCaw, not yet a factor in that rotation. You could see a lot of um, potential super rookie, uh, Malachi Flynn, who many have, have already put uh, in the Hall of Fame in, in, in Springsteen. Uh, but, but, yeah, no, that, Springfield. He was supposed to, yeah. Springfield, thank you. Uh, he, he was supposed to stabilize that second unit, uh, certainly, and be their offensive playmaker. So that, that would be a big loss, no doubt. 
All right, hopefully Norm can play. We'll see. Again, uh, listed as questionable. Okay, so it's night one of the NBA season. We're hyped up. Donovan's hyped up. I'm hyped up. I know a lot of you are hyped up. Uh, Brooklyn, Golden State, and then the nightcap live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1, Clippers, Lakers. That is going to be so, so good. John Tesh composed Round Ball Rock, the NBA on NBC theme. It's one of the great sports anthems ever. To me, it signifies basketball and a good time. Let's now run the video, Deej. And it goes a couple of minutes, but enjoy enjoy the music. Enjoy Don, John Tesh, who composes the Grammy Award-nominated John Tesh. Shout out to Entertainment Tonight. Enjoy the vests. Enjoy the hair. And just enjoy all of this on night one of the NBA season. Enjoy. Things I've discovered is that there are many different ways to write a song, and the most unusual way came to me when I was in Europe about four or five years ago. I was trying to write a sports theme, and I did not have a piano in the hotel where I was staying, so um, I did probably what many of you have done, faced with a similar situation. I called my answering machine at home, and I, I left a message for myself. And um, although that sounds goofy, what happened was that theme that I sang into the machine is the theme that they play every time the Chicago Bulls crush another basketball team. So I am singing themes into my machine regularly. And special bonus for you folks, I have brought the original answering machine tape with me so I can play it for you. I know you are dying to hear it. There we go. But it has to be played on the original answering machine. So here now the original demo tape for this particular song for pro basketball. Hi, this is a message for me about the NBA theme. Here's an idea. It goes like this. We could break that down for an hour, Donovan, for a lot of reasons. Is that is that the great? Was that one of the great sports themes of all time? Like is that a top three or top two in your opinion? Find me one that's better. I, you know exactly I, what you're listening to every time you hear it. What what you got? What's better? I I gotta tell. Well, I mean, the the CBS college football theme. I think it's underrated. I think it's really good. Both hockey night themes in my life. The one now, I'm not just sucking up to Rodgers. The one now is really good. And then the classic Hockey Night in Canada theme back in the day, which the three-letter owns, is amazing. Uh, producer Jason Sands reminds us during that, Fox Sports currently has the rights to the song you just heard. Uh, normally, for, for the college basketball, a lot of Big East covers they have. 
Um, I, I, Jay, good point. I don't think it counts. I think TNT or ESPN needs to pony up. Yes. I don't mind their themes now, but I don't love them like that. If one of them ponied up to grab that banger, like it, that would be it. And, and, and money, like spare no expense. I think it's worth it for ESPN or TNT to do it. I think, uh, I think it's worth it. Yeah, if you're going to pay for the latest Kendrick track, the least you could do is pay for that. Uh, I was mistaken, though. Uh, clearly, the Champs League is, is the best sports theme song. It's hypnotic. It's not catchy, right? Ex- excuse well, me? You think the Champions, the UEFA Champions League theme I would make it catchy? my ringtone. I play it every day when I take my young son up to bed. It just makes you feel like, yeah, this is important. Stop it, what you're doing. And pay attention. But there's a level, there's like a darkness to it. Would you no, not agree? No. Like, every, like ro- that track. There's a royalty heard. to it. A richness to it. A gravitas, if you will. <laughs> Mark Spears, ESPN, joining us next. Jordan Palmer, NFL quarterback guru next. Basketball, NFL next. Here on Tim and Sid. Time for 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 Tim and Sid. Oh, yeah. It's time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and Sid Sexero. DJ, I think we started something here. In the previous block, we discussed, after playing Round Ball Rock, composed by John Tesh, who had a great vest in the video we ran, greatest sports themes ever. I think, I think that NBA on NBC theme, it might be the greatest one. There was an energy to it. It is it, it. You can place it. It is unmistakable. And I don't care what you're doing in life. When you hear that, you want to run through a wall. But Twitter uh, shockingly disagrees a little bit. Matt at Tim and Sid. College basketball theme on CBS is also fire. Would you agree with that, Dage? I mean, it, it's it's top five dead or alive, but it, but it's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> you throw the dead or alive. Uh, Marty at Tim and said the classic Monday Night Football theme is definitely top three. I don't disagree with that. I think there, there were some great ones from the 70s and 80s. Todd at Tim and said best sports themes, and he, uh, he gives us a couple. One shining moment NCAA. Is that it's technically a, a sports? They, no, it's they, Luther Vandross, man. Yeah, like it's, it's a, a track. Like yeah, it's a song. You can't. That's not a theme. That's not a gimmick. It's not like the opening of Perfect Strangers, right? Like it's a song on in and of itself. So, and I will not hear have you besmirch Luther Vandross's name by suggesting it was just a jingle. So let's throw it out there at Tim and Sid. No multiple choice. You you name the theme. There's too many th- too many themes. At Tim and Sid, what is the greatest sports theme ever? Wide variety to choose from. Wide variety. So Donovan, I want to put you on the spot here. Yeah. If you had to pick one. Yeah. If you had to look, listen to one track. That gets your juices flowing every time to start a broadcast. It has never failed in 30 years for you. What's the song? The Champions. Re- really, it's the Champions the League. The right? Yeah, listen. I, it, number one, it, it sold a lot of alcohol by the current sponsor, which it I can't name. It sold a ton of alcohol. Well, the, the, uh, sort of so the soccer. The soccer sold a lot of alcohol. I mean, that as well. too. That too. Yeah. No, yeah, listen. Outside of forget about sports, just themes. Outside of the theme for Succession, find me a better theme than the solid Champions reference. League. Theme to Succession is nice. Fire. What a great show! I didn't think I'd like that show. 
Why? Like, I saw the first couple episodes, like, oh, the angry English old rich rich guy and the kids, the the the, the pampered silver spoon kid. I've seen this story before. Like, give me a br- it's damn good, man. It's I fell good. in love with it quick. It was a good, good, uh, good series. All right, so at Tim and Sid, greatest sports theme of all time. Greatest, sorry, let me let me get the phrasing right here because I don't know what I'm talking about. What is the greatest sports theme song of all time? At Tim and Sid. Uh, and finally, one non-sports theme question uh, for, for both of us here, Donovan. This is from Tito at Tim and Sid. Hey, guys, you don't think that a serious chat with Masai for 30 minutes would change James Harden's whole attitude? No, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that would happen. Okay, Masai Ujiri could pull a lot of rabbits out of hats. We've seen it a million times. I do not think that would work. Am I alone in that, Donovan? Am I alone? No, you're not. You're not. Alone. All right. You're not. All right. Um, I'm also not alone in loving that the NBA season starts tonight. Last season ended in the bubble in October. 17th championship for the L.A. Lakers. Fourth championship with three different teams for LeBron James. History was made. Fast forward 72 nights, and we are here. It is opening night for the 2020-21 NBA season. It is Brooklyn-Golden State, the early game. The late game, if you're on the East Coast, the late game, you can see live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1. It is Clippers. It is Lakers. It is delicious. This season, hopefully, well, two things. Hopefully it gets played. I'm optimistic. Secondly, it's going to be juicy because the Eastern Conference looks a lot different. Western Conference looks a little different. Who knows how this is going to play out? Arash Madani attempts to answer some of those questions. Roll it. So another NBA season is here. It'll begin with LeBron getting yet another championship ring and KD suiting up for yet another team and Steph having to go yet another year without his wingman on board. But the biggest question of all, as you watch this, is James Harden in Vegas right now with Lil Baby? You can't have your leaders be this undisciplined and then expect everybody else to fall in line. You're a phenomenal talent. But you're wrong for how you've done this. The curtain is about to rise again, even as it feels like the bubble ended only a minute or two ago. This offseason was half as long as the one before. They've decided to start now, not January, because it will make the industry an additional half a billion dollars at a time when revenues have been decimated. The Raptors are in Tampa, and Giannis signed the Supermax, and the Clippers parted ways with Doc Rivers, thinking that blowing him out and extending Paul George will somehow help a franchise that is hopeless year after year. Once again, they failed to reach the conference finals. It's never happened in their franchise history. Will this be the season that the torch gets passed from Kyle to Fred? It's hard to fathom that Lowry may be in his last year with the Raptors, but welcome to the NBA. Not that long ago, we were all Mark Gasol atop the double-decker bus. Now he's with the Lakers, and down the hall, Ibaka and his scarves will hook up with an old friend. By the way, can we have a moment about Kawhi? From the hype of he stay and following his every move, whether or not he was even in that black car, who knows? And then from the moment he went home to California, has anyone been more unspectacular? Think of it this way. Pick your NBA champ this season. How far down the list are the Clippers going to be? In part, it's because of what Jamal did to them in the bubble. Murray puts up a three. Bang! 
Jamal Murray from downtown. Jamal Murray has taken his game to another orbit. Was there a more triumphant NBA coming out party than what the kid from Kitchener did on the run to the Western Conference Finals? He's arrived. He's catching nobody by surprise now. And we'll soon find out if he can deliver with the bullseye on his back. The West still goes through LeBron and AD. The East remains wide open. Miami put on that playoff performance for the ages. And Jimmy B and Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo are back for more. Which makes you wonder, would Pat Riley pull the trigger on a monster move again? He did it for Shaq once upon a time, and the payoff came then. Could the beard be what's missing in South Beach? Brooklyn won't really trade for him, right? KD and Kyrie and Harden all under the same roof with just one basketball? Should it happen? Welcome back to the NBA, Steve Nash. You knew what you were signing yourself up for. And so a new season awaits. LeBron gets his jewelry. The Raptors are we the South. COVID will remain the backdrop as yet another league tries to find a way to make it all work in a pandemic. Until then, sit back, let the sage burn, and buckle up for the best soap opera in sports today. Thank you to our wise old sage, Arash Madani. Um, yeah. When and the bubble, sorry, Dave, go ahead. Go well, ahead. and shout out Rishma who produced that. That was fire. Shout out Rish. I, talking about music, I love that track. I was bouncing over here. Sorry, you were saying. Oh, I'm just saying. I was just going to introduce our next guest, but thank you for those oh, uh, my bad. jumping in with that, those because I agree with you wholeheartedly. Shout out Rich. Um, when the bubble ended, our next guest was in it. This season is beginning with him out of it. I'm sure he enjoys that. Mark Spears of ESPN joining us. Spearsy, how are things, man? How you doing? Good, man. I'm actually in a. New Orleans for some family stuff and okay. won't be at a game. But uh, I think the thing is, and I was talking to Mark Jones, a Toronto native, earlier about it. I mean, how many games do I even want to go to? Because <laughs> I can't talk to the players. You know what I mean? It's just it's weird going, as you mentioned, from the bubble where I got tested daily and got to got yelled at for just, uh, testing alongside the players, but being five feet away from them to not being offered a test or even being offered a test to say a Warriors game and not even be able to have any access to them now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm wondering how this is going to change the way the sport is covered, as you mentioned, because literally if you're just going to be watching it from afar, you could just watch it from your TV, I, I suppose. In terms of what you do, being an insider, having relationships, conversations, getting information, how has that literally changed how you've done the job? Um, you kind of kind of lean on who you know, man. And, and like, I got blessed with a I have a good relationship with Rudy Gay, and he wanted to do a piece with me, and um, kind of reflecting on his whole life and his career that's in undefeated today, and you know, got James Wiseman to have confidence in me to do a diary, and Stephen Curry gave me a one-on-one interview. So this is kind of like where you lean on you know, your relationships to hopefully, you know, get somebody on the phone, get them over Zoom or whatever. And in the case with Curry, a month and a half ago, I actually had to take a COVID test. Um, it was that a, a, a thing that was announced and something with Under Armour with him is, uh, you know, basically his new branding. And uh, so we both took rapid tests that day, got the results back in 15 minutes and I got to interview him, but I shoot, I don't know when I'm going to get to see Steph again. Hmm. So, yeah, right now it's 
for a veteran reporter like myself, it's about trying to call who you know, see who'll do something. Because other than that, I gotta share share the Zoom with everybody else, and keeps me from being unique. You will always be unique, Mr. Spears. That will you will never lose that identity. Mark Spears here on Tim and Sid. Um, Spearsy, who's the hungriest player going into this season? I think Kevin Durant. Um, you know, I, I remember him chomping at the bit to come back after, you know, he had those injuries and with the Thunder and uh, came back and was amazing and thought people had forgot about him. And I think he probably feels the same today. Um, I, everything I've heard about him is as he looks just the same way he did before he got hurt which is scary. I, I thought he was the best player in the league before he got hurt. With all re- due respect to LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and who Kawhi Leonard, whoever. Um, so if he is that, and, you know, the eccentricism doesn't keep Kyrie from being Kyrie, uh, and with their depth and their talent, uh, I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a really, really difficult team to deal with. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – KD is back to being KD. The Nets are in what is a much deeper at the top anyways, East. There's six legit teams, and my math tells me that two of them are going to go out in the first round. Do you see any surprises in terms of who's going to be able to get out of the East? I think the big thing about the East is there's like six teams that could win it. I can't remember ever saying it. Uh, six teams, um, but obviously your Raptors, uh, Boston, Milwaukee, uh, the Sixers, uh, Brooklyn, and let's not forget the Miami Heat. Right? <laughs> like they were. Let's not were just at the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. So uh, that's crazy to think that there's going to be a team that finishes sixth entering the playoffs that still is a threat, and that shows. You know, the depth of the East, how much is getting better uh, health and not just from a physical standpoint, but not getting the COVID standpoint is going to impact this season. So I, I really think in the East, the key, and the Raptors have been great at this in recent years, is having a phenomenal record. Because you want to get that eight seed. You want to get that seven seed. Like one and two in the East are very, very valuable because – Everything else in the first round, I think, is going to be a dogfight. And those kind of dogfights can wear you down as you as you move up the ladder in the playoffs. You're, you're right. And that's and that's why, I mean, when, when Milwaukee made the move and Eric Bledsoe was out and Drew Holiday in, I like Drew Holiday. And Eric Bledsoe took a lot of heat for the postseason performances, and I understand that. But the reality of Eric Bledsoe that not many people have talked about is he's a pretty damn good regular season player. Like, Giannis obviously got yeah. them one, like at the top of the conference, but... Eric Bledsoe was a nice compliment to what he was doing. Is do you think they've lost a little something there that we're not talking enough about where Milwaukee could slip a little, or do you still see them top two regardless? I really like uh Eric Bledsoe as a player. I love Drew Holiday as a player. I think with all due respect to Eric, who could be watching right now, is there, <laughs> I don't know if New Orleans is down yet, but um 
Juhal. Well, they're in Tampa. He would be in Tampa, right? Like they're 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 in town as Tampa. So yeah. See, like yeah, I'm all screwed up, man. Uh, <laughs> all good. All know. good. Maybe he's watching the feed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you never know. Uh, Streaming. Yes, I like that. Yes. Yeah, but but uh, Drew Holiday is special defensively. Uh, he, with Clay Thompson out, I, I think he is the best on on ball uh, defender in the league right now. He could guard one, twos, and threes. I saw him guarding Giannis in practice the other day. He gives them. Another guy that could have big a big shot game, big scoring game, hit big shots. And he's also a leader. I, I think the one thing with Eric is he's just quiet. He's a quiet guy where Drew's going to say, man, get your butt down in the post. Come on now, we need you now. And I think Giannis needs somebody that – I know he's the star of the team, but he needs a verbal leader, somebody that could help him take his game to the next level and also kind of help him – Mentally, because I, I still think he, you know, he didn't grow up playing basketball, so I think he's, his basketball IQ is still getting better and better. Mark, or needs to get better and better. Right. We we always lean on you for great perspective and, and advice, so, so I'm going to do it right now. I, I ask this both literally and theoretically. What is James Harden doing? Like, what is his end game right now? Like, I almost want to grab him and be like, help me help you. Well, if, if, if James came to you, what would you tell him, Mark? Take the money, fool. <laughs> well, that's okay. What's option B? Because he apparently turned that down. So what's option B of what you would tell him? Yeah, well, well, I'd say that, and, and I'm not calling him a fool, so I'd, I'd say that in jest. That's the <laughs> right, like, of course. Take the money, fool. From Boomerang, from Boomerang fans from that movie. Um, but but to me, first of all, you got to do the Paul George approach. You take the money and then figure out the rest later. Like he could have he could have signed that package right, and then add his contract and and ask for a trade like Paul George did, and he went home. You know, I, I think you see LeBron James now get an extension. You you see. Anthony Davis get a longer extension than expected because the way society is right now, they're taking the money. So you take the money first. In terms of the other thing, man, like I don't, I don't know what brings him happiness. I don't know what he's looking for. Um, maybe it, it, to me, it seems like he really misses D'Antoni. He really misses Daryl Morey, and the new regime isn't letting him just do whatever he wants anymore. And that's the problem. If you have a child not calling him a child, I'm just, as an example, if you have a child and you let them eat ice, all the ice cream they want and, you know, all the pizza they want and drink soda all day, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, man, we need we need water now. I want you to have yogurt. I want you to have healthy meals. They're going to be like, man, you crazy? I need that sugar, baby. And, <laughs> and I, I think they they spoiled him. They, they let him call the shots. Uh, whether it's what time they practice or what time they fly or how long they're staying on a road trip. And now that he's lost a lot of that power because the new regime's trying to change things, he wants out. So I, if, if I've heard that Ben Simmons rumor. They can get Ben Simmons, man, I'm pushing the button right now. I don't yeah, even agreed. have to think twice about it. Agreed. But I, from talking to my, uh, I guess, my moles in Philly, I don't, I don't see that one happening. I think they really, really value Ben. But wait, what about the flip side? Come to Toronto, right? We well, no, no. Already. Could... 
No. But on the flip side, Mark, would, no, would you no, would you give no. up a Simmons or a Siakam for Harden? Like, if the shoe was on the other foot, would you be interested? I'd be interested if James. I, I think James Harden stymies himself by not playing within the flow of the game. If he played within the flow of the game, he could perhaps be the most dominant player in the league uh, because he is a great passer. Um, because I think it will make it easier for him offensively. He just wants to carry all the load, and I think in the way he plays makes it hard for people to enjoy playing with him. So if he's going to come to Toronto and play the Toronto way, then, yeah, it's worth it. But I don't see that happening now. I think it's too late. Like, I don't think you could you, you could go into his brain and, and change him from being uh, a killer as, in terms of a, a, a player. So unless he changes mentally or unless he's going to a place like Orlando where they need him to play that way, I think it'd be a hard fit for Toronto. I just don't think you can put that genie back in the bottle. I just—he's been doing that that way for so long, basically yeah. unfettered. In Houston, it's the most unique superstar situation we have in, in the game, and I don't think you can just maybe, maybe tell, in sports, potentially in sports, correct? Potentially in sports, and I don't know as strong a, a, a foundation as the Raptors have on and off the court. I I I think that's a really tough ask, especially in the next twenty four hours, <laughs> potentially. Yeah, to try and, and figure that out. Maybe you have him speak to Michael Jordan and say, hey, man, this is how I won. But it, he just does well, He saw the doc like the rest of us. Way. He saw the same doc we did. He could figure that out, right? Exactly. Right. So, I mean, if he wants out, like, here's the thing. It's a business, man. Everything's on the table. I don't, I don't care whether he wants to go somewhere or not. I guess you care from the standpoint of whether he'd want to stay at that franchise long term, you know, but um, it'd be really, really hard for me to make that trade. Two things I'd have to know, which are you going to resign one and two, are you going to be just play within the Florida offense? And like you said, I, I think it's too late in the game to rewire him. With see, it's the with, other. Sorry. sorry, Don. With that said, we, we're running low on time. Forgive me, Donovan. Um, with that said, though, Mark, we still have 24 hours here before they play OKC Houston. Mm-hmm. Based on your sources and your gut, is there a chance we see a blockbuster coming out of nowhere here before opening night for Houston? Because as we all know, usually in sports, when there's kind of scraps going on in practice that aren't competitive in nature, that's probably a final straw moment. And I feel like we may have gotten that with, with James Harden. Do you see a blockbuster yeah, in the next 24 hours? No. And look, man, I've been wrong before. But I say no because they have a a young GM who this is his first time running the show. So I, I don't think he's going to rush uh, to make a decision. Um, like, I'm sure there's talks behind the scenes. You know I would love to see him. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because you guys will get tickled by this. I love the tease. Go ahead. What about Harden for DeRozan, and then you force Harden to play for Pop? <laughs> oh, man. That just seems like cruel and unusual punishment for Harden. Like, honestly, I just, that's a story. That might be the best thing for his career. 
those two guys me, are friends, too. If there is too. one coach, if there is one coach who, uh, and I'm, I think he's familiar with him from USA Basketball, that could force him, like, like it's not going to bend and bring the best out of him, it's Popovich. Oof. It That's is a thought. That it means is a thought. Me, it's not even the basketball And, and if I'm Houston under those circumstances, I might do it to get DeRozan, you know? Right. Yeah, to me it's the I cultural I mean, obviously there fit. has to be more, but, like, if, if there is a coach that you he not, he's not going to walk in the door and be like, well, maybe he will. Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe he will. See, it's the it's the cultural I, I would, fit. I, though, I would Mark. love to see that. That I would love to see that marriage. That Mark, would be a great. The conversation great with Pop saying, "Listen, James, you can't go to a strip club without a mask. There's no social distancing in the champagne room." Like I just, I don't see that being a, a good conversation. But 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 it, it is a, a nice thought starter. Before we let you go, you are uh, a, a Bay Area legend. You're loyal to the soil, uh, so you have to give us the correct answer. Too short. Or E40, 40 water. What is the correct answer? MC Hammer. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. Right in vote. I like it. And, 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 and this is why I say this. And I love both Too Short and 40. And I met them both. Um, MC Hammer needs to get his respect for what he did in the history of rap. Correct. And you could say his stuff is corny in the end, or he went from being a Jesus guy to a gangster, or whatever. But he made rap popular with everybody. It wasn't just op- a hood. He opened some doors. Anymore, you know what I mean? He, he opened some he doors. Had commercials. He had yep. a he he had a cartoon. He he was having sold out concerts and stadiums. Hammer changed music. So. I'm going to go with MC Hammer. That's a great I, – I know a closing line when I hear it. Give Hammer some respect. I love it. Um, Spearsy, enjoy the season. We will talk to you soon, friend. Take care, man. All right, man. Happy NBA Day. Happy NBA Day to you and yours as well. There's one and only Mark Spears. Also, shout out uh, Mark Spears and his NBA video diary at The Undefeated uh, with James Wiseman. Wiseman, not that long ago, was told by Memphis, you can't play here. Uh, things happen with Penny Hardaway, and you can only play a handful of games. He's gonna not only does he go second overall in the draft to Golden State, he is going to start tonight in Brooklyn with uh, some Hall of Famers around him at that opening tip. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine that moment if you're a rookie? There's Steph, right? there's Kevin Durant, there's you know Kyrie could figure it out. He's he's pretty good too. Like that, that's that's a hell of a moment for the kid based on what he went through in Memphis, and it wasn't that nefarious in Memphis either. It wasn't that crazy? No, like, not it wasn't all. like nothing. It was kind of over the top, if you ask me. Go on. Yeah, you, you you've played uh, three competitive games since high school. Uh, guess what? You're starting in a game with crazy. at least three Hall of Famers in it. Oh, and, and a Hall of Famer coaching on the sidelines as well. And Steve. Nash. When we return, Donovan, are the Steelers the least intimidating eleven and three team in the history of football? Jordan Palmer, NFL guru. We'll talk to him next. Are the Steelers kind of almost done here? I'm not kidding. Tim and Sid, live on TV and radio. Welcome back to Tim and Sid. 
That was an absolute stunner last night on Monday Night Football. Here you have the Steelers, two straight weeks. Things don't go their way, Donovan, and it's layup city. This is going to be – you could turn this puppy off at halftime, watch The Bachelorette. You could just – your whole night was just programmed right in front of you, except Ryan Finley got in the way, and the Bengals – um, do a little tap dancing of their own on the Steelers logo, metaphorically. Jordan Palmer, NFL analyst, QB consultant, joining us. Jordan, I'm still in shock at last night. Are you still in shock? Well, I am, and, and you hit the nail on the head. That was, uh, that was a foregone conclusion. Um, and particularly when you look at the Steelers' schedule, this is a team that was 11-0, and and when they lost to Washington, I think Mike, Mike Tomlin's quote was uh, something along the lines of it was almost refreshing, you know, because it was it takes the pressure off of going undefeated, and that doesn't really matter, and it was an NFC loss. He said it was refreshing. And then they lost to Buffalo. I think that was expected for me, but it was understandable, right? Buffalo's as hot as anybody in the league right now. But last night was uh, unacceptable. I mean, you can't do that. And you look moving forward, they've got to play Indy, and then they've got to play uh, – uh, Cleveland, and then they'll have a playoff game. So there's a chance that this team started 11-0 and then goes on an 0-6 run to end the season, and I actually think that's the most likely scenario. Wow. wow. That's crazy. I mean, that's, that's the short-term situation for them, but, but I was watching and I was thinking about what are they doing long-term? They started terrible first six drives with turnovers or three and outs, but, but Ben – Five straight games with picks. The receivers lead the league in drops. They have no run game. And I see other quarterbacks get themselves out of situations like this by running, and Ben can barely move in the pocket. It, is it a wrap in terms of what he can be for that franchise, given the fact that he said he wants to come back and he would then have the largest cap hit in the league? Yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely think that uh, they're primed to make a move at quarterback. There's going to be some interesting reclamation projects on the market this year. There's also some interesting bridge quarterbacks like Andy Dalton that are going to be free agents. Um, and then there's a draft, too, and there's, they know how to draft. And so I think with Pittsburgh, um, you know, for the, for the weeks in the past, it's, they've obviously, as you mentioned, they let the league in drops. And so you've seen a lot of drops, and you can sit here and you can pinpoint you know, no run game and drops by the receivers. You can say that that's the issue. But that was not the issue last night. I saw Ben miss guys, and I saw Ben not pull the trigger on shots down the field. And, uh, you know, Lewis Riddick and, and Brian Greasy did a good job uh, explaining it. But he had a chance to hit. They're down seven or ten, I think, in the first half. And he's got a chance to hit Chase Claypool for essentially a 60-plus-yard touchdown that's a dagger and gets him right back in it. And instead he forces the ball into triple coverage to Eric Ebron and gets him hurt. And you look at that and you go, well, that's not that's it's not that that's not winning football. It's that's a that's a rookie on his that's a Ryan Finley like Ryan Finley should do that, not Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> and the interception he threw on the dig, anybody with a general understanding of how football works can look at that play and go, "What is he looking at?" That's the only guy you have to read. And uh, so it's it's misses, it's inaccuracy, and it's decisions. And so when he said after the game that he's not a hundred percent, but no one is, I totally understand that comment. Uh, of course he's hurt. Everyone's hurt. But what I read into and, and matched against his, per, 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 uh, sorry, his performance last night was that I think there, he is a little hurt, and it is something to do with the arm, and it's probably leading into decision-making and his overall thought process during the game because it was very uncharacteristic Ben Roethlisberger last night on a national game 
versus the third worst team in the NFL, and that game was never close at any point. Jordan Palmer here on Tim and Sid. Uh, Jordan couldn't agree with you more. The one, the one thing I want to bring up with you, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to suggest this played into the final result, but Juju Smith-Schuster and the logo pregame. Now, I, I am a, I'm a huge fan of Juju Smith-Schuster. He's not having the season he's had in previous years, but I like, I like a lot of the stuff he's done off the field. He's a, he's a leader. That's the word I would use at times. He's a leader. What I don't like about that garbage is you're roping in like the Chase Claypools of the world to film it for you. And then when you get when you have that result happen on national TV, it's just a bad look. I'm not again, I'm not suggesting it played a part. I don't think it did. I got to give Cincinnati some love here. I don't think it did. But if you were a teammate of of Juju's at that point, is it not time for the discussion? Although I guess Mike Tomlin's going to have it, and quite frankly, no one else has to have a discussion if Coach Tomlin's going to have the discussion. But would you feel now is the time to say, "Listen, let's 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 focus on on our entire goal here and not get distracted by stuff." Well, I think it goes under the umbrella of winning solves everything because I was following along. I've known Juju since high school. He's out from where, he's from where I'm from, and uh, since he was in high school, he was catching balls for me. And when I was playing in the league, and he was a high school kid. Um, he's always had a big personality. He's always been funny. And one thing about Juju, I played with Chad Ochocinco. I would say the same thing about Chad is Juju is harmless. He doesn't party. He's not out there. He's not about, like, he's harmless. He's, it's just all fun, right? Um, and that works awesome when you're 7 0, 8, 9, 10, 11 0. Uh, it does not play well when you're on a three game losing streak uh, and with the potential of collapsing one of the best seasons we've seen in terms of them being 11 0. So, um, it's just a time and a place for all of it. And Juju's a smart guy. I mean, he's going to get that. He's going to understand it. Um, but what Juju's not doing is what T.O. did when he sprinted to the star and spiked it. When he's, what Juju's doing is going viral in a harmless way. So it looks really bad and blows up in your face, and it becomes something that here we are talking about uh, when they have a game like last night. But it, it's not that he dropped three touchdowns last night and fumbled right. four times. You know what I mean? Yeah. I understand he had a fumble. That was an incredible play by the DB. Like, you know what I mean? He's still making plays. He's not the reason that they're losing. That would make it worse. But uh, winning solves everything. And when you lose like this, and people like us talk about things like that. Yeah, I just were. I wish he was worried about going vertical, not going viral. Like, don't worry about the TikTok angles. Worry about the route release angles. But, but, but uh, I, I digress. So, everyone... In, in Western New York and, you know, Southern Ontario. It's really excited about what Bills and Bills Mafia is doing right now. Obviously, you're starting a team with a QB. Mahomes is, is one, clearly. But how many other young QBs would you be taking to start a team before you looked at Josh Allen? Well, probably not any. Um, and even, you know, with Mahomes, Mahomes, you know, two weeks ago had three picks that had come from behind. Um, you know, they got beat pretty good handily, and uh, and he didn't really play that great versus the Raiders the first time. The second time, they had to have a two-minute situation at the end to win the game. I, I'd make the argument, uh, I'm not choosing one over the other, but that Josh uh, is the hottest player in the league right now, and, and the Bills are certainly the hottest team. This is a team that would be on an eight-game winning streak if not for a Hail Mary, uh, which is not indicative of who won that game necessarily. Um, and so... This is the hottest player on the hottest team with the most momentum. And, uh, and you know, when, when Buffalo hasn't played, when, when Buffalo has lost this year, they've had a lot of really awesome moments in those games. And it's really, 
they never really lost momentum when they lost games. Uh, and then they've had some huge road wins, and they've won in domes, and they've won in bad weather. And, and so you, you, you look at the momentum that this team has right now, and um, this is the time of year to do it. And the, the scary thing is, is, as well as Josh is playing, they're running the ball better. They're playing better on, on third down on defense. And uh, this offensive line is gelling even more each week. And other receivers not, not named Stephon Diggs continue to step up. And John Brown is getting ready to come back here soon. So I, it's just this is the right time for all these things to be happening. And, uh, I, you know, if, you, if you're wondering how excited Western New York is, just go on Josh's Instagram the other day and see that it looked like tens of thousands of people that were at the airport waiting for those guys when they landed. Really like special Jordan? thing happening in Buffalo right now. I'm not going to lie to you. I was also a little horrified watching that. Like that video was amazing, and and there's a, there's the real con- like conservative part of me that kind of says, well, crowds, but there is a feeling. You're right. There is a Western New York feeling right now that I cannot. Like I'm watching some of the news, Jordan, and I'm going back. Like I feel like it's Jim Kelly teams they're talking about. You know, the videos of, of of the Bills coming back from winning AFC title games. That's that's '90s stuff. You know, like I, I to to see to see Josh Allen kind of post that was. It's really indicative of what, what is happening there. I couldn't agree with you. Let me ask you, though. Who, who enjoyed the loss last night more, the Browns or the Bills? Well, I think it was the Bills because, um, you know, it, it, whether it's uh, a, a little bit more security um, or even just a chance to, to leapfrog if, if Kansas City were to stub their toe. Um, with Cleveland, you know, I think Cleveland is fired up at the opportunity that this thing could come down to week 17. So for those listening who aren't, aren't familiar with this, um, the Steelers, as I mentioned a minute ago, they got to play the 10-4 and four Indianapolis Colts with one of the best defenses, one of the best offensive lines, and a savvy veteran quarterback, and a great play caller. So they, they got to play the Colts, which I, I don't know what the line's going to be, but it, the Steelers are not going to be favored in that game. Um, and then if that's the case, um, and Cleveland wins, and they have the Jaguars, I believe, then week 17 for the AFC North comes down to Steelers at Cleveland. And I think that's exactly what Baker and his buddies want, which is an opportunity to beat them Sunday at home, winner takes all, AFC North gets the fourth seed, uh, and, or third seed, I guess. And, and, uh, and for Cleveland to leapfrog that many spots is exciting. Buffalo's controlling their own destiny. Um, and they've got a Monday night game. They've been playing great in prime time. They got a Monday night game versus a reeling New England team, uh, and Cleveland's got a cupcake with Jacksonville. And uh, yeah, I think that's really exciting for Cleveland to come down to Week 17, winner takes all. Yeah, that Colts team is is dangerous, especially if Jonathan Taylor gets going, which it looks like he has uh, in the backfield. So before we let you go, Jordan, and we appreciate the time as always. I, I at yeah. no point this season have have I thought KC was beatable when it mattered. Do you think they're beatable in January? Yeah, I do. Um, and, and really, it's uh, when when Patrick's had a lot of people around his feet, he's had issues. Um, when when they when defenses don't allow a lot of yards after catch, particularly with Travis Kelsey, so when secondaries tackle instead of trying to break up plays, um, that's where a lot of Kansas City's big plays come from. It's not just shot plays, but it's. Travis Kelce catching the ball at 12 yards and getting 17, right, just over and over again. Um, so when, when defenses can wrap up and secure tackles at the point of, uh, of reception, uh, when people can get around Patrick's feet, uh, and when teams can get up and then run the ball, uh, that's, that's certainly what, what Oakland has done is they've got out to a hot start, created a turnover or two, and then ran the ball and limited Patrick's touches in the second half. Uh, we've seen Patrick have a ton of 
success coming back, not necessarily in the last two minutes, but coming back in the second half, whether that was Super Bowl, whether that was versus um, Houston last year in the playoffs, uh, or that was versus Tampa uh, a few weeks ago. And so we've seen a lot of different um, ways that Kansas City has won. But one of the interesting notes, when, Can- when Kansas City beat Oakland earlier this year, I had no idea until I heard the, the announcer say it, that that was Patrick Mahomes' first fourth-quarter comeback win. You think about it, that's crazy. He's been playing for almost three years, and all of the wins, as many as he's had, have all been by being out in front the whole game. Not coming from – that was his first two-minute win. So if, if you can get out in, early on Kansas City, as Buffalo can, and you can run the ball in the second half, especially if you can create a turnover – Kansas City doesn't have a lot of experience of those two-minute drives. They literally only have one on on Patrick's belt. Uh, And so I think that's a recipe uh, to be able to beat them. That's a mind-numbing stat. I I hadn't realized that either. That's crazy. Um, Jordan, enjoy the rest of the season, man. Hopefully we'll talk again soon, but uh, enjoy the season. Enjoy the holidays. All the best to you and yours, and, uh, and we'll talk down the road. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. We, um... We're very lucky on this show we get to talk to the NFL people we do. Jordan Palmer played quarterback in that league. He's been a QB consultant for years. He's worked with with a lot of guys around the NFL. Nate Burleson has been kind enough to join this show each and every week for the past, what what is it, three years? Uh, Rich Gannon's won an MVP in this league. We get to talk to Rich Gannon week in and week out. We we are very lucky, and hopefully uh, if you enjoy the National Football League the way we enjoy the National Football League doing this show, uh, you have as much fun in those segments as we do. Uh, any final thoughts on that, Donovan? I'll give it to you before we break. No, I mean, I, I thought maybe he would say, oh, yeah, Josh Allen is, is you know, runner-up to Mahomes. And he's like, yeah, no, they're playing at the same level right now. And, and he knows that position in the sport better than anyone. So, you know, I, I felt that Bill's Mafia maybe was pumping the tires of Allen a little too early and too much. I still would like to see it in the playoffs because last time I saw him in the playoffs, he thought he was playing rugby, not football, for some possessions. <laughs> but um, but what he is doing right now certainly is real. So the ceiling is, is crazy high, and, and Palmer told you why. Absolutely. We're going to take one last break. On the other side, more of your greatest sports themes ever at Tim and Sid. Let us know what you think. We'll hear from Kawhi Leonard about his contract. His contract, of all things. And uh, the NHL has changed the offside rule. That happened. Details straight ahead. Yep. Tim Sid and DJ, live on TV and radio. All right, here come the deals in NHL free agency. Michael Granlin was a $5.7 million cap cap hit, easy for me to say, at the end of last season, Donovan. Mm 5.7. He just re-signed with Nashville one year, 3.7. He gets paid. He has some security for next season. It's a, it's a kind of a show-me deal because you don't know what the finances are going to be like. The cap's not moving. It's staying at 81.5. There are guys like this everywhere, Donovan. It is, it is bargain hunting season yeah, seriously. in the National Hockey League. And if you have some cap space right now, it is as good as gold because there's some great players out there still. Great players. Yeah, and there's some teams that may have to make some moves because they don't have some cap space and they need Correct. to clear some up. So uh, keep your phones handy, kids. It's going to be a busy, busy couple weeks before the pucks are dropped. 
Could be a busy day tomorrow, Donovan, with you and me in these chairs. Uh, let's wrap up the greatest sports theme of all time discussion. We ran Round Ball Rock earlier in the show, composed by John Tesh. It is night one of the NBA season. Brooklyn Golden State's the first game. Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1 will have the back end of the doubleheader. Clippers-Lakers, that is going to be so good. But we got talking about themes, and we wanted to know what your favorite theme was uh, at Tim and Sid. So here's a few. Let's wrap this up. Cam at Tim and Sid. The Masters. Now, is that actually a theme, Donovan, or is it just like p- weird piano stock footage that became so incredibly famous? Like, no one composed that thinking it would turn into what it was, right? It wasn't the John Tesh story. It was, it was a stock piano thing that CBS go, okay, let's pull this. And then it just became legendary. It was a fluke. I consider that a fluke theme. The theme for the Masters is Jim Nance's voice. Like, if you played that in another situation, you wouldn't even be able to reference it. It's all about Nance. So, so no, not so much. What you got? Uh, Vic at Tim and said, Saturday night's main event, WWF back in the day. See, that's not a theme per se. That is the song. That is the 80s track, Obsession. But the first eight bars of it just light you up like a Christmas tree. It is phenomenal. It's not technically a theme, but I will put it, I, I, I'm not going to put it top three, but it's like top ten. Do you remember the theme I'm talking about, Dee? You're, you're a little younger than me. Not much. You're a, a little younger, younger than me. A lot younger than you. Then it's like Hogan and Orndorff, and it's great. Uh, Phil at Tim and Sid, Brass isn't Bonanza. That, isn't that the fashion television theme? That that's the same track. Yes. Okay, he also writes it's the fa- slash fashion TV. Sorry. It's, Vic, it's funny that that's in. how I know he it. He wrote it. Um, Brass Bonanza, Phil writes in. Uh, classic Hartford Whalers. That's a great theme. And TFC used it when they were in Connecticut uh, playing out the MLS season. I say bring Brass Bonanza. Uh, We pitched it to Greg Vanny. I don't think he thought much of it. But I think you should bring Brass Bonanza to BMO, hopefully, fingers crossed, next season when they're playing games there. Chicago Bulls intro. This is also a real song, right? It's a real track. But most people know it for Ad Guard, 6-6. From North Carolina, <laughs> but but if it's n- I ask this question, if it's not that team and that player, do we care about that song? Like no. if that was the, the the intro music for the '90s Milwaukee Bucks, it's like yeah. when a tree falls in a forest, no one's around. Does it make a sound? It's like you know, is it, it's the '80s Cavs, Craig Elo and, and like uh, Brad Doherty are coming out to it. Like I, I don't know if I feel the same. Um, Here's the controversial one. We'll wrap up with this. Andrew at Tim and Sid. NFL on Fox. I hate that theme. I have hated oh, wow. that theme my adult life. It is one of the worst. It's just canned. Fox in general. I've, and I've heard Richard oh, Deitch wow. kind of talk about this on his pod a lot. Fox Sports just does everything kind of the same. It's the same feel, same kind of look. Even when the UFC was on Fox. Same thing. You can't, you can't really find a difference with their college football coverage or NFL coverage. NFL, it's, it's a bigger budget, obviously. But I just I find everything on Fox from a sports standpoint very cookie-cutter. It doesn't sound any different to me. It doesn't look any – am I wrong? You like I mean, the I, NFL on Fox? What, it sounds like what you're describing is a, is a brand identity, that yes. they have some, some consistency with their brand. Isn't that somewhat the point? I, the theme doesn't bother me. I thought, like, the robots – was a little over the top, the little graphic robots uh, that they have and sometimes still have. Um, but th- I, I'm not as upset about this theme as you are. It's like you had to get that off your chest. I, yeah, I, I didn't like it. I, I enjoyed seeing the tweet because I, I wanted to talk about how much I dislike 
the Fox theme. Shout out also the NWO theme is one of the great themes of all time. I know it's not exactly what we're talking about, but uh, love it. And it, thank you for giggling a little bit. I mentioned the offside rule in the National Hockey League is changing. Oh, yeah. let's, get, let's get the real news here. Um, NHL and the PA just sent out this, uh, this release. Rule 83-1. Players of the attacking team must not proceed the puck into the attacking zone. This we knew. Here's the change. A player is onside when either of his skates are in contact with the blue line or on his own side of the line at the instant the puck completely crosses the leading edge of the blue line. The position of the player's skates and not that of his stick shall be the determining factor in all instances in detecting an onside. A player is onside when both skates are completely over the leading edge of the blue line involved in play. So I complicated that. Basically, it goes to the ceiling. So we're not going to have these discussions anymore about is the skate off the ice like a half a centimeter or not. Like we're not going to have that BS anymore in the National Hockey League. That's not going to be a thing. We've moved past it. And I think if we, if we move past it into this, there's enough to think about this season. We don't need to worry about if a skate is two inches off the ice or not. So I'm in favor of it. I think most people are in favor of it. So they simplified the rule, but the language around it, it's like you need a law degree to understand what it is they're saying. Yeah, but it's, but, it's, but, I, but I, I like where we got to. Yeah, I, I, now I could have cleaned that up, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I could have cleaned that up. See, because, oh, sorry, I read the wrong rule. Ha-ha, <laughs> Fridge has this. I'll go with Elliot Freeman. Beginning this season, a player's skate will not have to be in contact with the blue line in order to be onside, period. I could have just read that. But I made it way more complicated, so apologies to everyone listening and watching. A player's skate will not have to be in contact with the blue line. Thank God. Because that was one of the more ridiculous reviews ever. Yes, it Would was. you not agree? Yes. Um, and, again, opening night, to the surprise of no one, probably Leafs Habs. And right. based on some of the other reporting we're seeing today, sends Leafs uh, probably the next few games after that. So... The schedule is going to be predictable, but I'm here for it, especially the North Division. Donovan, thank you for this. You will be back tomorrow. Appreciate yes, it. Great job. Uh, we have opening night in the NBA. Tomorrow is going to be opening night for the Toronto Raptors. We'll have plenty to talk about. James Harden getting dealt. Jay's going to sign somebody. I don't know. It's the day before Christmas Eve. Who knows what we're in store for tomorrow. And again, tonight, Clippers-Lakers live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1. Hope you enjoy it. Remember, as we leave you, don't forget. You gotta wash your hands. Wash your hands and wash your hands. Washing your hands, washing your hands, washing your hands. Enjoy the basketball.